Okay, here we go. My name is Emily. I am the women's supervisor at Ohio State, and I'm really grateful to be sharing with you all this evening. Um, we've had some promises made to us as a community, promises of him being the only one to satisfy, and promises of abundance, of the feast. And also, not only those promises, but the reminder that he is not just a promise maker, but a promise keeper. So it's been one short week since John shared with us, and he shared with us that our theme and the direction we believe that the Lord is leading us this semester is um, a greater promise, that God has a greater promise for us. And the promise is Jesus. The promise is Jesus, and he is enough. So we've titled this talk, The Kingdom Joy. And um, I just love this, <laughs> uh, this idea that kingdom joy is for us, that as, we, as Jesus is enough, we get to enter into his life and receive his joy. Life with Jesus, friendship with Jesus, expands our horizons. It opens up new places um, it broadens our hearts, it broadens our minds, it broadens our capacity in so many ways. John shared the story of Travis, right? Throw strikes, Travis. Throw strikes. Um, translated for us, it would be, no God. No God, Travis. No God. It never gets old ever deepening, ever new, ever broadening, ever expanding. No, God, this is relationship with the Lord. This is the promise. It's the promise. And we're talking about kingdom joy. So to know God is to know joy. To know God is to know joy. And what, what does this joy look like? Does it look like maybe uh, got a big smile on my face, I'm like bopping around campus, I've got the internship that I wanted, that class I nailed the exam, I'm feeling good about my schedule, I'm feeling good about my resume, things are really going my way. You're really happy, but this is not kingdom joy. You're happy, but this isn't the kingdom joy that we're talking about. Um, Getting what we want, things going our way, doesn't guarantee us kingdom joy. And actually, when things don't go our way, it doesn't mean that kingdom joy is not available to us, that it isn't for us and promised to us and there for us. God never promised to give us everything we want. What he did promise us is that he is always with us, that he will never leave us. He did promise us a share in his life, a share in his joy. And that joy even includes the cross. It includes the hard things. When Jesus suffered, it was his joy. It was his joy to lay down his life for us. It was his joy to travel from town to town. It was his joy to not have a pillow to rest his head on. It was his joy. And this is the promise 
that he has for us, his joy and his life with us. We can all enter into his life and enter into his joy. And the cost, the cost is so small. The cost is this. The cost is opening our hands. The cost is letting go. It's letting go of the things that we think we want and things going our way. I know it can hurt sometimes. I know that it's purifying um, to have to let go, to choose to let go. But this is the cost. This is what he asks. This is the cost of joy. And it's a drawing of ourselves deeper into him, drawing us deeper in relationship with him, drawing us deeper into his joy and deeper into his life, drawing us deeper into a joy that's not dependent on externals. And just to testify a little bit, um, in my own life, I've seen a lot of people come into my life and a lot of people go, and I wouldn't necessarily have chosen that. Um, there are many things that have gone my way and there are many things that have not gone my way, many desires that I feel are left unfulfilled. And especially, I'm 28 now, I'm feeling a little bit old. Um, you know, I'm coming to face to face with this new reality, like Jesus is enough. He's enough, period. He is enough. And maybe right now in college, um, some of those desires might be the job, it might be um, the resume, the internship, the grade, the class, it might be dating this person, it might be um, whatever, you name it. As we get a little bit older, it might be the desire for family, uh, committed relationships, the community to throw your lot in with. It might be a desire for a new adventure or for children, um, the house. I think my parents desire that our, their kids would look closer to them. Um, I think my grandmother has desires, you know, like I don't think she would desire to be uh, walking around in her body that's dying. <laughs> uh, maybe she desires to be in heaven already, but she's here. And we all are going to have desires. And why am I telling you all of this? I want to paint a bigger picture for us. I want to paint a bigger picture that this talk isn't just a one-hit wonder, uh, that this topic isn't a one-hit wonder, that actually throughout our life, there's going to be a new kind of release and letting go and deeper and deeper entering into his life and his joy that he has for us. So there you go bigger picture, but I do want to hone in on what this means for us right now. So I do want to talk about what does it mean for me right now, for you right now as a college student, or maybe you're on the formation service team, what does this mean for me right now? This promise of joy, that Jesus is enough, what does this mean for me right now? So, okay, if you've been reading through Matthew, John, kind of um, briefly, 
suggested that we read through Matthew and I don't always do things like that that are suggested in talks, but I, I have been. And I'm around chapter six right now. Um, and it, all of chapter five is about, well, before I say this, I wanna bring this up because there's, I think some nuggets of wisdom here from the Gospel of Matthew on how, some guidance on how we can attain this joy and the promise that the Lord has for us, that Jesus is enough. So there's some nuggets here in Matthew. So in chapter five in Matthew, it's all about the laws. And I wanna say a quick word about laws. In a kingdom, you have a king, right? And the king, it creates these laws. He makes rules. And laws are actually kind of this way of the people hearing the king's voice, of knowing his will for them and for the kingdom. And the laws are given for the benefit of the people. The king is having this mind for all of his kingdom and he sets forth these laws um, that are for the benefit of the people. So I want us to think about that. When God and his authority gives us these laws, it's a way we can hear his voice we can know his will and actually kind of like a roadmap. How can we seek his kingdom? Let's look at his laws. So it's pretty cool. Jesus is kind of like taking all these laws um, and turning them on their heads. So you've heard this about lust, but I tell you this. You've heard this about retaliation, but I tell you this. You've heard this about almsgiving, but I tell you this. Um, you've heard this about forgiving your neighbor and I tell you this. And so he's flipping it all in the head. And then later on, he says, here's the underlying foundation. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Love him. And you should love your neighbor as yourself. Love is the underlying law. Love is the underlying law. It's the greatest commandment. It's his greatest will for us that love would be expanding and expanding and expanding in our own hearts and in his kingdom. And the greatest obstacle to the greatest promise it's this, it's grasping, it's holding on to, it's turning in on myself, on yourself, it's turning in. This is the obstacle. And I think we've all been there. Um, one of the popes in, I believe, Evangelii Gaudium, the joy of the gospel talks about a life that has turned in on itself is just a slow death. Yikes. I don't want that. That's not his will for us. It's not his command that we turn in on ourselves. It's not his command that we be overly anxious or worried about ourselves or our lives. In fact, after chapter five, chapter six, it's this passage that's been really challenging to me in the past. Do not worry about your lives. Do not worry about your life. Seek first his kingdom and all these things will be added to you but seek first his kingdom. And worry is anything that like occupies us excessively. And 
and creates no space for us to be mindful of what's really important, which is his kingdom, right? So this is his command. Love one another, seek my kingdom, and do not worry about your life. For whoever seeks his life to save it will lose it, and whoever seeks to lose his life and seeks my kingdom will save it. This is his promise. He has life for us. Praise him. Thank you. <laughs> and we want to seek his kingdom. Um, we want to seek his kingdom and seek freedom from this idolatry of self and self-preservation. Seek freedom from these things that we hold onto, that we fiddle with. Um, I heard this image of a train once. Like, that train is going by, maybe it's that thought or that habitual sin, this thing that you constantly are like, you get on the train and you just go. You don't have to get on the train. We don't have to fiddle with these things. He has so much more for us. In Kelly's word, anything we have to set aside, the worry, the things that we fiddle with or just like mess with, the train that we get on is nothing compared to what he has. We don't have to get on the train, okay? So... We're gonna do a quick little exercise here. I'm gonna read through a few bullet points and it's, I want us to think of this a little bit as an examination of conscience, examination of our hearts, of what are maybe those things that we're fiddling with that are worrying us um, because we wanna recognize them so that um, we can say no more. <laughs> I'm seeking his kingdom. That's what I'm about. Okay, so a quick examination. Let this be convicting for you. It doesn't need to be condemning. Um, be mindful if there's something that's kind of like standing out to you that pricks you a little bit. Like, oh, maybe there's one thing to don't get overwhelmed. I think the Lord is going to bring something to your heart of like, oh, this is the thing that's like worrying me. And, or, you know, I'm just like, fiddling with this thing too much, holding on to it. Okay, so come Jesus, stir our hearts, come Lord. Am I overly concerned with desires and passions? Maybe there's something that just makes me feel good that I get caught in. Is it lust, pornography, is it drinking, is it shopping, is it fill in the blank? Am I caught up in disappointment? Can I not let disappointment about a certain thing go? This thing didn't work out the way I wanted it to and I can't let that go. I'm so disappointed. Is it maybe getting caught up in my own holiness or my own progress? What, what's the next right thing? I have to do the right thing. What is it? I have to figure it out. I have to like put this puzzle together and figure it out. Is that something? What are you, what's figuring it out? Is it a timidity perhaps? Um, just like this, you know, I'm afraid what other people will think or I can't do that thing because I don't think I'm able to or it seems out of character of me or I'm afraid of messing up, I'm afraid of looking foolish. Is there a spirit of timidity that's, are those thoughts playing over and over again in your head? Is there fear? 
write it down. What stuck out to you? What's the thing? What is a thing? What's a thing that you're holding on to? I want us to have courage here. I want us to have courage to name the thing that maybe has a hold on our heart right now and to know that God supplies the strength that if he brings that to light and he asks us to release it, that he has the grace for us and the strength for us to be able to do that. And here's just a few um, tools, weapons, uh, things to keep in your arsenal um, that can draw down grace and strength for us. So number one is to live in the light. So if you haven't told someone about, hey, I like, this is a thing that I'm holding onto in my life, tell someone. Tell your pastoral leaders a great neutral third party for that. Maybe it's your small group, maybe it's a household leader or um, someone in your house that you trust, but get it in the light. Get it out. <laughs> so much of the devil's work can be stopped if we just bring it out. Um, go to the sacrament of reconciliation, be reconciled with the Lord, bring it to the light. Another um, weapon that we can use, something to bring down that grace and strength is taking the authority that you have as a son or as a daughter in Christ in your baptism that you can stand in Christ Jesus's authority, the authority that drove out demons, and you can proclaim no more. No more. Declare truth over yourself, and you can even ask others to declare truth over you if you're having a hard time. I've done that before. Hey, call up a friend. I just need you to speak truth to me right now. I'm fiddling with this thing in my mind, or I'm struggling with this. Speak, please, help, help me. And scripture, the word of God is active, it's living, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Let's memorize his promises and let's memorize his commands. Um, so ones that have been helpful for me in the past, whatever is good and true and beautiful, let us think about these things. The passage about worrying, don't worry about your life. <laughs> the Lord straight up just says, don't worry. It's his command. I'm like, okay, great. Um, memorize his commands, memorize his promises. There's more for us and I just want us to know that. I want us to experience that. I want us to live in that. I want us to take a step toward that. I want us to take a step toward the kingdom, toward more freedom, toward more joy. Um, right now, this week, let's take a step toward that. Um, to say no to the addiction, to say no, refusing. I'm not going to give in to the worry. I'm not going to give in to the shame. I'm not going to turn in on myself. I'm not going to start brooding. Um, I'm not going to keep the bitterness. I'm going to release the debt. I'm going to turn outward. I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to be generous. I'm going to serve. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to worship the Lord and bless his name and proclaim his truth. Whatever it is that's getting in the way of us coming to the feast and receiving what he has for us, let's get rid of it. Hebrews 12 
would be wonderful to pray through the whole chapter, chapter 12. So good. Let us rid ourselves of every burden of sin that clings to us. Let us rid ourselves of every burden of sin that clings to us and persevere in running the race that lies before us while keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the leader and perfecter of our faith. Let us rid ourselves of everything that clings to us. Maybe there's something that it's like, man, that's just been on me for a long time. We can rid ourselves of that. It will pass. The Lord has freedom. Amen. He's enough. Um, he is enough. Let's remember his promise is that he's with us. He has given us himself. His promise is that he invites us to enter in to his life and his life is a life of joy. His kingdom is a kingdom of joy, even in the disappointments, even in the hard, even in the letting go. Let's open our hands. Let's look out and see his kingdom. Let's build his kingdom. As we do these things, I know that we will experience God in a new way as we take the step of obeying him, of following his law, of stepping out, we will come to know him in a new way. And I just want to end saying that I am so honored and grateful um, to be a part of our community. You guys are just amazing. <laughs> and thank you for the many yeses that you've already made to the Lord um, that have brought you here in the ways that you have already shed um, so much weight in your life and I'm just so grateful to be running this leg of the race with you and he has a promise of joy for us and of lightness for us and I just want to speak that over us and proclaim it over us and invite all of us to that and um, yeah, grateful for you and it's an honor to run with you.